Hello, and welcome to this episode of Triggered and True, featuring renowned emotional health consultant, Laura Duncan. Thank you for being here, and thank you for investing the time to learn how to take care of your soul. If this podcast sparks any questions, feel free to submit a question by going to triggeredandtrue.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page, and clicking ask. If you would like to learn more about Laura Duncan, we encourage you to follow Laura on Instagram and Facebook. Also, a great resource for you to consider is the Compassion Method Master Course. This course is a deep dive into Laura's life work, the Compassion Method. The Compassion Method is a process that empowers you to learn to see and comfort your internal pain and to discover your true self, your true self, that beautiful, wonderful part of you that has been there all along, but has simply been covered up. To obtain the Master Course, go to CompassionMethod.net and as a podcast listener, you qualify for a $50 discount that can be obtained by typing in the coupon code PODCAST50. Again, that's CompassionMethod.net, coupon code PODCAST50. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Triggered and True. This episode is a continuation of our last episode where we talked a lot about discovering and identifying and comforting your triggered self. The next step, once you've received comfort and recognize that your behaviors and the triggered things that you do when you're hurting are not who you really are, is discovering who you really are, your true self. And in this episode, we're going to give some real practical ways to help discover your true self. And we're also going to spend some time sharing from some of my personal journey, looking back at my old notes with Laura from when I first met her and first started working with her one-on-one, -on -one, kind of just uh, highlighting my process of discovering my true self and learning to not only discover my true self, but live from, embrace, and love my true self. So it's a great episode, and it really brings the compassion method full circle, because this is the ultimate goal of the compassion method, is to help you discover who you were created to be and to live from that place. So enjoy this episode. It's going to be a great one. So hello and welcome, everyone, to this episode of Triggered and True. Hello, hello, Laura. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. <laughs> We were talking a few minutes ago as we were starting that Laura is a little bit tired this morning and we were discussing if that, <laughs> if that could, if that could be because of a trigger that she didn't get a good night's sleep. So I think that Laura's in denial about having a trigger and we'll, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> we're going to talk about that the rest of this episode. No, but hey, it is a great point that even Laura yeah. still gets triggered. Yes, I still do. Yep. And I like still being triggered because it's, I mean, initially it's not always fun to feel your trigger, but bigger picture. I like being triggered because it shows me where my pain is and I get more comfort. Yeah. And as long as we're on planet earth, we're going to have pain. It's going to happen. So if we stop triggering, there'd be actually a bigger problem than the trigger itself. Well, if you stop triggering, you are, um, you've suppressed it to a level where it's just not jumping out as obvious. Yep, exactly. That's what you're talking about when you stop it's triggering. Ultimately, it's ultimately suppression. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're suppressing the trigger. Um, I mean, the, to be able to not trigger at all, you know, like always seems to be like the goal in emotional health. But coming back to what a trigger truly is, it's triggering us to be able to connect to that wound. And it's so valuable. Well, the goal is if we can become aware of it 
And, mm-hmm. and I was, we, another thing we were talking about is I had yeah. a trigger from a, you know, it's a busy time of year professionally. So I get kind of a rush from that yeah. and I kind of like that rush. So then mm-hmm. when you try to wind down, you find yourself mm-hmm. kind of looking for that rush again, that little yep. dopamine hit, like what can mm-hmm. I get the dopamine hit from? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but I said the progress in it is I recognize what's happening Yeah. and there's a reason why I need to keep going. Yep. Exactly. Where I can't, I can't come down, you know? Mm-hmm. So that awareness is really important. Yep, exactly. Sometimes I'll be aware of a trigger for a little while before I'll even start to explore it just because I want to feel it or I want to become more comfortable feeling it so I can explore it without just trying to fix it. Mm, that's a really good point. And last time we talked about a lot about triggers. We talked about our triggered self in our last episode. And we talked a lot about how those triggers and how you react is not who you really are. Yeah. And if you're not aware of your triggers, if you're not aware of what's happening, you'll start to think like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a miserable, yep. grumpy, irritable person, or yeah. I'm a whatever you yep. do in your, I'm a, super quiet and reserved person. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are a little bit more quiet and reserved, but when you're triggered, you go into that even more so, or I'm an introvert or, you know, you start to think Mm -hmm. that this is who I am. Yep. Yeah. So that awareness is huge because you can realize that, okay, that's not who I really am. Mm -hmm. And we kind of like opened that up last time of, you know, you're not defined by how you react in your painful, your triggers because you're reacting to pain. So then that begs the question, well, who exactly am I then? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about discovering your true self, who Yay. you were created to be. <laughs> that's the whole right. purpose of the compassion method. <laughs> yes. And we talked about this a lot. If you want more on this topic, episodes 10 and 11, kind of back-to-back yeah. episodes. And we realized that it's been 30 episodes since we talked about this, like specifically, we've mentioned it probably on virtually all of them, but specifically we wanted to revisit it because it is that important. Yeah. So you, you talked, you talked about, you mentioned it, it is the ultimate goal. So the ultimate goal of the compassion method is important to keep that in mind because a lot of people would think that I'm going to pursue Uh, counseling or consulting or life coaching, because I have a problem that needs to be fixed. There's something wrong with me. I need to fix it. And that is definitely not the goal of the compassion (laughs) method. Um, Guess what? As a, as a wonderful side benefit, there will be some things that get fixed, so to speak. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe you won't punch holes in walls anymore and things like that. (laughs) So I guess that you know, you won't have those walls to fix. So, um, but that is not the goal. And the other thing that's not the goal, which kind of sounds wrong in a way, it took me a while to get this through my head. The goal isn't simply to provide comfort. Yeah. Nope. That's part of the process. Part of the process to get to true self is providing comfort for our pain. But if we just stopped at comforting our pain, we would never be able to actually connect with our true self. Yeah. Yeah. So the ultimate goal then is to discover our true self. So when we talk about discover and we talk about true self, what are we really talking about? 
ambiguous things that nobody understands. And I'm just joking. That's what they might be thinking right now, but we're going to make them non-ambiguous and things that they can't understand. Exactly. Yeah. So our true self is who we are before we get covered up by shame, before we get covered up by trying to get our needs met or trying to uh, suppress our pain. Um, It's who we truly are. It's, you know, you see it and it's See, we see our true self in its truest version when we're children, because that's who we are. You know, you see kids, they just, they don't have any filters. They just say whatever they think and they feel, and they're just themselves. And then as life happens, they experience pain and they start to change and modify their, who they really are to perform and to do the things that they need to do in life. And a lot of times in that process, they end up getting we end up getting covered up. So your true self is the characteristics and, and, you know, the different unique ways you would define who we are. Mm -hmm. So where do you start? Like, how do you, okay, so let's say you've worked through, I mean, obviously the first step is you have to provide the comfort. Yes. So you have to recognize the pain that has created a barrier for you to be able to see and hear and connect with your true self. And you have to recognize your identity is not your behaviors. Exactly. Yes. Especially for our whole entire lives, we've had certain behaviors that we've come to believe are who we are. We have to recognize that's not who I am. And being able to comfort the pain that caused us to act in ways that are contrary to who we are. And so exploring the pain, comforting the pain opens up our heart, which we say, feel your pain, get comfort, go play. The go play is the connecting to true self. When we can let go of pain through comfort, we can then connect with our true self and be able to see who we really are. Similar to if you were meeting a person for the first time and you would meet them and you'd ask them questions about who they are and you would be able to get to know them. It's very similar to getting to know ourselves. Yeah. And speaking of comforting the pain, you know, some episodes that would be really helpful if you're still kind of grappling with, with that aspect of it, that, yeah. that pain's still there. And the remote control exercise is a great yeah. uh, process to work through, to help comfort that pain. And we talked about that quite a bit in episode number six. And then another one that was more recent, uh, episode 35, we talked a lot about when the pain's really, really big. You know, yeah. how do we, how do we still bring that comfort when it's just so blinding? Yeah. So, so once we've done that and once we found some comfort and we found some peace and we started to connect with joy and hope, that's kind of how, you know, that comforts come, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, you there's joy, curiosity, hope, hope. Yep. you know, you, you feel your faith be restored. You begin to believe again, you know, those are characteristics of connecting to your true self and that your pain is comforted because now you can be free to experience those more positive emotions that come from no longer being stuck in our pain. So now that you're in this place, how do we start to explore kind of who we are? I know. Then this is where the fun part begins. And now we have the space to be able to explore. I love using the word explore or discover because it is definitely like a treasure hunt that you get to go on to be able to see who you really are. So many times I have people start with um, the childhood picture exercise that we talk about in the child self. Um, I'm not sure what episode that is. I don't know if you have that handy or not. Um, But we have our, um, when we talk about our child self exercise, we've talked about getting a picture of yourself 
um, somewhere between the ages of zero to 12, but usually I say get a picture between like two and five years old, two and six, where you're cognitive enough that you're aware of your preferences and things you like and things you dislike and be able to connect with yourself. So if I found a picture of myself, let's say when I was six years old, I would look at that picture and help my memory connect to me at six years old. But then I'd also ask myself more pointed true self questions like what's your favorite color? What do you like to do for play? What do you, what makes you smile? What makes you feel alive? So, because when I can connect my child self to some of those um, positive triggers, they actually help trigger me to know myself better. Just like pain triggers us to cover up and to hide a lot of times. Well, our positive triggers or joy triggers, they're able to actually trigger us for us to be able to connect more with who we really are. Yeah, I think the podcast you're referencing, Laura, is number 27, episode 27, where it says uh, the title is Revisiting Child Self. Yes. So in that one, we would have talked more about it. And you have a little bit more to share, but um, I can, I looked up in my notes from January 22nd, 2019. 2019. And I went went through my list of things uh, when I went through that exercise. So I'll do that after after you share a little more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So that's so crazy. 2019. Um, Yeah. So he's going to be sharing some of the characteristics that make up who he is that he was able to explore and discover through looking at his child picture. And it's really amazing that who we were as children is definitely still who we are today. It just gets, you know, more clearly defined as we go through and, you know, we have careers and we become, start families and do all those things, but we are always who we are. We never lose ourselves. A lot of times when people are trying to figure out their true self or find themselves, they look externally trying to find themselves. The beautiful thing about the true self and about our child self, being able to connect to our true self through our child self is that we've always been who we are from the time we came into this earth into the time we leave this earth, we're never going to lose pieces of ourselves. The only thing that happens is sometimes they get covered up because of pain or shame, but we always are who we are. We just don't know it. And that's why, again, like I said before, the discovery process is just such a fun adventure to have with yourself because you're being able to revisit and reconnect with who you are. But I would love to hear um, your words that you discovered when you went back to to see who you really are. Yeah. So what I wrote down and so just a little bit of how the exercise works is you find a picture of yourself and the picture that I found was um, from when I was eight. And I know that because I was standing in front of our birthday cake that says eight (laughs) on it. Perfect. (laughs) Actually the, the birthday cake said, Brian, the great is eight. Brian, the great is eight. So, um, and I'm sure my aunt made that because she made she was the the birthday cake baker for the entire family. So anyway, um, the ten words that describe myself in the picture, and I wrote down. And then you're to underline the ones that no longer are true. So I'll just read the ten: um, happy, joyful, playful, full of energy, determined, carefree, excited, smart focused, adventurous. Hmm. So then underlining the ones that no longer feel true to me. Feel true. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't Doesn't mean mean that they're not true. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The ones that no longer feel true. 
were happy, joyful, playful, carefree, excited, and adventurous. I still feel determined no matter what, (laughs) even my triggered self's determined. Um, I still feel like I have a lot of energy. I still feel smart and I still feel focused, but happy, joyful, playful, carefree, which are all very, very much related. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are all kind of synonyms, excited yeah. and adventurous, no longer uh, feeling that way. Then I also wrote that after studying that picture for a while, I wrote, I feel that my eight-year-old self knows more about how life should be lived than I know today. Hmm. Yeah, I had the exact same feeling when I was connecting with my child self too. I'm like, she knows a lot. And I wrote, he is wise in ways that he could never understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it really is true because children are not as, during your early childhood development, zero to 12 years old, your cognitive awareness is um, is growing, obviously, from the time, you're, you know, if you're five years old versus 12 years old, that's a big jump, but you're not, your brain's not fully cognitively developed. And so what that means is you are not functioning always with a sophisticated brain because it's not developed yet. So you don't filter everything through that. You're in your child brain, which child brain, like it's kind of like a little bit like the the Peter Pan thing in a way. Like they believe, children believe that they they have faith in the unknown. They are able to see things that we as adults sometimes miss because we're filtering everything through our sophisticated adult brain through logic and reason, but we're not necessarily using the child brain. And this is the positive side of if our if our child brain is not in a triggered state, because we call our our um our trick when we're in a trigger, we're in our child brain when we're having a reaction and a negative reaction. But we can also have positive reactions as a child that we can actually heal from and connect more with ourselves. And that's a really amazing thing that we can actually be triggered but not in a pain, we can be triggered in joy. Well, and that's actually another mechanism you have for helping people discover yes, who they are. Exactly. Yeah. You can find you can really see who you are based on when's the last time you felt alive? When's the last time you felt had hope? When, when's the last time you had some of those child brain feelings that we put away because we became responsible adults? You know, like you said, carefree. You know, children are meant to be carefree, but so are adults. But because we get so smart and we become so sophisticated in our brain that we a lot of times don't leave space for play or, or being able to experience life through that lens. Yeah. And I think an important thing to understand is that something that you say, say frequently that our true self is not yet a fully developed person. No. Yeah. So one of the things that happens, I think, where someone is childlike and they they connect to their joy, they connect to that, and they get a, a big idea or something. And then they start to think about all of the reasons why that can't yep. happen. Exactly. Well, but part of that's being the fully developed because there are some reasons why some of those hopes that you may have may not happen because you may need further development. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your true self needs to develop. And this is so important to connect to the true self because our triggered self remains stuck. 
Mm-hmm. Your triggered self doesn't grow. Stay, you stay stuck, literally, in a neurological way, you stay stuck because your brain is stuck in that thought process. It hasn't developed. That's why we can be these sophisticated adults in so many other areas of our life. And then you go home to your spouse and all of a sudden you're right back acting like a five-year-old again because you're stuck and stunted in relationship in that way. Yeah. And your spouse is closest to your pain. So they bring yeah. it out or yep. your loved one or whoever, yep. whoever's Brings closest out to you. Where your brain is stunted. Because if we were not stunted, we would be able to have, we would be able to communicate and have conversation and it would be able to connect and we'd be able to have relationship. But because we're stunted, we're communicating like an eight-year-old. And I feel this is a source of a lot of shame for people. Yeah, so definitely. Yes, like, how could I do something so, so successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. When you're so successful in one area and then you just are sabotaging and destroying your life in another area, it feels very, you know, polarized and feels really difficult to understand what's happening. And I know through the years you've consulted with a lot of Christians or a Mm -hmm. lot of people of faith. Yeah. And that's a big source of shame. It was for me personally, like, yeah, I, I should know better Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm all the things my faith says that I am. Yeah. Why do I act like this? Exactly. So much shame connected to it, especially when you're really trying not to. It's one thing if you've just given up and you're shame, you're shameless, you know, you're just like, you know what? Can't win. So I'm just not, don't even care. But when you're constantly trying to do right and to do the things that you're supposed to be doing and you keep getting sabotaged by triggers because they're overriding you, you're going back to that stunted brain. But then like you mentioned with the true self, We also haven't developed our true self in some areas. And so it's, I kind of look at it as like, you know, if you were weightlifting and you only worked at one arm, those are the areas, like even in your list, you just said, the ones that you do connect to, that's your strong arm because you've been exercising them and you know that about yourself and you've been developing that for your whole entire life because you stayed attached and connected to those parts of who you are. But then your other arm has not been developing carefree and joy and adventure. And so it's like a weak, stunted part of yourself because you haven't been developing it. So once someone identifies, you know, who their true self, like who they really feel they are and they want to develop, how do you go about that process? How do you start developing your true self? How do you start to grow? Yeah. So one of the exercises I do, similar to the childhood exercise, but this is more focusing on your adult self. And so what I do with that exercise is I send out, I give like about 20 words to a person and they send it out to 10 people that they know, that know them. And they ask them to pick one word and why they chose that word. And that then you'd be getting 10 words back that you'd be able to then look at and be able to see how is my outside world seeing me? Because many times we can't see ourselves as clearly because we're stuck in, in our perception of ourselves. You know, like you were saying with um, like the carefree side and the adventurous side, you can't see that side of yourself because you haven't been exercising it. You haven't been using it. And so you don't see that part of yourself, but people around you that know you see certain characteristics that you're not able to see. So being able to pull on your external world to be able to show you some of the things that you can't see for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, when I did that exercise, 
I think, I, I don't know if it's 10 people, that sounds right. How many people I sent it to. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, they had to pick one word out of 20 and it was mm-hmm. like part of the, the, the deaf, the um, instruction said, and only one, like you can't pick, <laughs> you can't pick five and like, you know, no, just pick one word. And that really forces people to think because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta just do one, but you really want to tell people just the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Don't, exactly. don't overthink it. Cause if you overthink yep. it, you ruin the, you ruin a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, Exactly. But out of those 20 words, I think three or four out of the 10 people came back with a word for me called visionary. Hmm. So that resonated with me because I know that that is, that is in me, but I always felt yeah. kind of deficient hmm. or yeah, you know what it was stepping on? It was stepping on not enough. Hmm. Yeah. You like, were lacking one of the 10 gifts. I was lacking the 10 gift of being enough. So that would, that would kind of stifle the visionary mm-hmm. because if you don't think you're yeah. enough, like what's <laughs> exactly. my vision matter? Like, yeah, exactly. You're just surviving because you don't believe that you're enough. You're just doing enough to feel like you're enough, but you can't actually see the future clearly because you don't have that luxury if you're just trying to be enough. Yeah. But what this process did and like how I've been able to help develop that is um, I just start to lean into that as being true. Mm-hmm. And as I'm leaning into it as being true, my heart doesn't fully believe it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, but I, yet I know in my inside that it is true and yeah. having other people see it in me was mm-hmm. validating. Yes. Was very validating and helpful. And also yeah. that you got it multiple times, you know, right. no, obviously when you send it out to 10 people, nobody else knows what they're giving you, what word they're giving you. So for people to coincidentally give it to you three times is not a coincidence at all. And if it wasn't, if there wasn't part of me that knew it was true, yeah, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have landed anyway. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes people can give you words and if you haven't connected to them, it doesn't mean it isn't true what they said about you, but if you don't actually have a connection with it because you haven't discovered that part of yourself, it won't feel true. Like I was even curious when you did that list, like what feels true to you today? Cause that was, you know, 2019 are any of those words more true today than they were four years ago, you know, because we're constantly developing our true self and developing our connection with our true self. And so it does change along the way. It's not that our true self changes, but our connection to our true self changes along the way. Well, I'll hit that, but I, I, I'm just thinking like, how have I developed visionary? Because I'm thinking about, I asked you the question, like, how do we develop more Mm -hmm. of our true self? Yeah. That's why I was kind of like curious a little bit. For me, it was, it was, that was a step of confidence. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of leaned into it, even when I still was maybe not feeling enough or I was feeling like, who am I to whatever? Yeah. Because a lot of me in my insecurities from not being strong in the 10 gifts is I would always need someone else to validate my belief. Like if I had a vision for the future, somebody else had to agree with it. Yeah. If someone challenged it, I'd be like, oh, that was Mm -hmm. stupid. Yep. I was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you're a trigger of not enough. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But I was at a business meeting yesterday Yeah. And these other people were presenting their vision and their vision's not real. It's never going to happen. It's an impossibility. (laughs) Yeah. It's an absolute impossibility. The old me would have been like, ah, maybe I need to figure out how their vision fits with my vision and the new me, not actually the new me, the true me, the true Mm -hmm. me was able to be like, they can keep chasing that ghost all Mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. It's never going to happen. And 
I'll just keep on the road be- with my vision and I'm because not going to try confidence. To- yeah. You yeah, didn't have to become confidence. a change yourself to be able to fit that because you didn't believe that you were enough. You not only are connecting to yourself as a visionary, but by getting that need met, getting the, that knowing that you're enough, it's allowing you to have that confidence that you don't have to move. And I always really think it's a powerful thing when we know that we know this is who I am. It's no judgment about another person. It's just saying, I know who I am. Yeah. Even if other people have different ideas or you think I should do something different because I know I'm enough. I know that it's okay that I have these thoughts and they have different thoughts than me, which is such a amazing thing to truly know. Well, and before in my insecurity, if I did, because I am determined, if I did run across with someone with the difference of that, the other thing I would be tempted to do is argue my point. Yeah. Like why uh, yeah. you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. Now, which is a trigger that if you find, if you, if you're listening to this and you're hearing this, this is a really great clue of discovering your triggers. Cause that would be a triggered reaction to not feeling yep. like you're enough and not being your true visionary self. Yeah. Whereas say now, that one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That means I gotta, I gotta figure out how to repeat that. I said <laughs> yeah. in, in the past, in the past, <laughs> I would have felt, I either would have taken the approach of, you know, I guess I'm just wrong yep. or in my insecurity, I would have been tempted to argue why I'm right. Yeah. You're wrong. I'm right. Your vision is not realistic. You should, you should grab onto mine because I need you to say my vision is right. Exactly. I'm codependent and I need you to say it is because I don't believe in myself, but I love that fact that either you're going to do the flight where you just give up on yourself or you're going to fight, but you're not actually fighting for your vision. You're fighting to be enough. Yep. Yeah, totally. But in this case, I, you know, I said it pretty strong that their vision can't happen. That's what I believe. Okay. That's <laughs> what I believe. But not in an argument. No, in I'm not a, in an argument in a way. And I certainly yeah. didn't say that in the meeting. And no, of um, course. Yeah. I certainly didn't say that in the meeting. And I was, I even offered ways that I could help them in their, yeah, in their quest. Awesome. So, um, but you could be confident in yourself. Exactly. Regardless. I didn't need that validation. I was able mm-hmm. to be secure in myself enough to be, no, yeah. I believe this is this is the way to go. And every visionary is faced with that because- No, always, yeah. A visionary is creative and they're creating something. Um, there's a great book by uh, Peter Thiel called Zero to One. You're creating something that doesn't exist today and you're, mm-hmm. you have a vision for something that doesn't exist today into the future. So of yeah. course- there's going to be doubt. There's going to be all mm-hmm. kinds of people that maybe argue why that wouldn't happen and so on and so yeah. forth. But, you know, and you take their wisdom and, and they're going to help along the way. And some Definitely. of those, some of and those criticisms are, gonna... are really good, but if exactly. But if it's not rocking your, if you're, if you know that, you know, who yeah. you are, it's not like uh, assaulting your identity. Exactly. It's not changing that you're visionary, even if you make a mistake. The mistake is separate from who you are. What we totally. do is separate from who we are. So you can make a mistake, but you're still going to continue to be who you are by continuing the vision that you have for it, regardless if you did it right or wrong. And most people stop there because of shame, because of our triggers. We stop because we think, because we're not connected to our identity. Well, and a great example of this, I don't know if sharing all these examples is helpful. Hopefully it is for other people, but <laughs> But I had, and you and I have talked about this other, one other business idea I had in this visionary thing that I had that was, you know, whatever. But the biggest thing that motivated me on that vision was someone told me it couldn't be done. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I found that I was fighting to get this thing done. Yeah. And what I was really fighting for was to prove to the world that I was enough. (laughs) Exactly. Like, oh, I'll show you. And guess Mm -hmm. what? I did. I did show them. (laughs) I got through all the regulatory stuff. I got through all that. And we got done what they said couldn't get done. But guess what? It didn't make any money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I did it. (laughs) But we did it, by golly. No, I but I'm it. like there. You can see like both ends of that spectrum. Uh huh. Exactly. You know, and that was my fight kicking in. Like I'll show you, it can't be mm-hmm. done. Yep. And you know the the sad thing is, is along the way I started to have those checks in my spirit. Like, um, uh, is this actually going to work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's the whole regulatory side of it, but once we work through that, is this business model actually going to make money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had those checks. I had them. Yeah. And well, I ignored that was, that was ignored probably, them. you know, that was probably your true self, you know, wanting no. to create alignment in it. And you weren't listening because you were too busy trying to prove that you were enough, which is not just you. I mean, we're all doing that to some capacity where we're trying to prove something versus staying connected to our true self along the way, not just in the beginning of an idea, but all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we're discovering, more about ourselves and two, two great exercises. You just talked about childhood picture exercises and the other one you call, how am I seen? I think that's mm-hmm. what yeah. you title it. And that's the different words that you can send yep. to people for them to. And the interesting thing is they're all positive words, but if we have shame connected to some of them, sometimes they're hard to receive. I've had people mm. be as offended by these positive words as if somebody yeah. had you know, call them a name or, you know, said a really derogatory word to them because it would was pressing on the shame that they had. Because one thing that we discuss with the childhood exercise is there's parts of ourselves that if they don't serve for connection and early childhood development, we put them away. We hide them within ourselves. We cover them up because we need connection, like we need food and water. And if, for example, if I'm a really, really funny, my true self is very funny and my parents are very serious. And whenever I'm funny, right, I get disciplined or I get told not to, or I get disciplined. Or just a of, sideways glance. Yeah, exactly. Just whatever. You know? Yep. You you, yep. you instantly know, oh, this is not going to give me connection. So I'm not going to be funny anymore. And I'm going to take on the seriousness, even though that's not who I was created to be. I'm going to take on the seriousness so that we can be connected. And some people will have that hidden within them their whole lives. And all of a sudden they're doing this exercise, you know, in their forties. And all of a sudden they're like, oh. I'm funny. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's an exciting discovery, but sometimes it's even a little bit of a painful discovery because we realize that we haven't been fully functioning as who we are for a lot of our lives. And it's, so it's, it's both, it's bittersweet because you are able to reconnect with that part of you, but it does, there's something to be grieved about as well, that I didn't think I could be who I truly was in my environment. Hmm. Yeah. So as we, those are, those are great ways, great examples of the discovery process. But as we're going along, um, how do we know we're done? Like, how do we know we've discovered ourselves? This is the good news. A lot of people are not going to think it's good news at first, but then as you go through this process, you're going to, you're actually going to be grateful that it's an ongoing process that I believe we're going to be exploring and discovering for the rest of our lives. Um, I even take it a step further with my Christian faith, and I believe that we're going to be discovering who we are for all of eternity because we definitely um, we are 
who we are, like I said, we never lose who we are. It never changes. But the discovery of who you are is just ongoing. Think about, you know, how long have you been married for, Brian? 20 years. So, oh, really? Solid 20. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, being married for 20 years, isn't there still things that you're discovering of Crystal? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you've been married for 20 years, you would think you would be done. But there's probably, you know, in the last year, you probably discovered multiple things about her that you didn't know before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like so um, similar to Yeah. 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 One of them just came up because she's on a girl's weekend this weekend and I'm taking care of her dog. Oh, yeah. And I am discovering how good of a job she does with the dog and how bad mm. of a job I do. <laughs> yeah. But that's just something like, you know, you've been in, you've had dogs most of your life, right? Your married life. And here you are realizing, unfortunately, oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> but you're realizing what a great nurturer caregiver she is, how thorough she is and how much she cares. Very nurturing. And yeah. being able to see that side. I mean, that's another thing. That you're the dog's going through withdrawal right now. So <laughs> I bet. <laughs> following me around everywhere i'm like get away from me i need some space yep exactly so you're exploring and discovering more of who she is even though you've been married for 20 years so it doesn't matter how long we've been with ourselves or how long we've been with somebody else we're constantly a whole world within us waiting to be discovered and we're going to constantly be learning new things about ourselves yeah absolutely yeah i think the Something I wrote down that you had said before that I think just summarized that our true self is not yet a fully developed person and is growing as we've talked about. Our triggered self cannot grow and remain stuck when we cannot comfort our triggers. Our true self will be developing all our life on earth and as you believe for all of eternity. I believe that too. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And at first when people put a time limit on, because like we've said before in the past, like we just want to be fixed. We just want to get the pain to go away. We just want to be more of ourselves and feel more alive and just be done with all of it. But you got to throw away that clock, you know, throw away the time we put on it and just make it an open-ended exploration that you'll be having for the rest of your life. And, and it's actually great when we no longer have the blocks of just trying to get out of our pain and that instant gratification kind of, of just, you know, like if we can just get rid of everything that's uncomfortable, then we're going to be okay. And instead of being able to say discomfort is a doorway to connect to my true self. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be in pain. It's okay because those are actually doorways to more discovery, more connection. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time I have a trigger that I intentionally connect with, like you mentioned through the remote control exercise, I always come home to myself a little bit more every single time. Oh. It's twofold. It's it's taking care of the pain, but it's always reconnecting our, ourselves back to ourselves. Well, and the big thing too, as you go through, if you can identify, like if you go through the remote control exercise and you identify which one of the 10 gifts yeah. you're lacking. Mm-hmm you'll realize how that's blocking you from becoming your true self. So in my case, the enough, not feeling Mm -hmm. enough was blocking me from being visionary. Yeah. You know, and what's, it'd be great for everyone listening to learn their story. Like what's, what's blocking me from being who in my heart, I know that I am. And these other people, I just did the, how am I seen exercise? They just showed me who I am. Yeah. I went to the child picture exercise. I saw, I got to connect to my child self. I see who I really am. What's blocking me. Yeah. And, and the 10 gifts, the absence of the 10 gifts, a lot of times is. Yeah. Because the the absence of the 10 gifts is an unmet need. And if you think about it, if I don't have my needs met, I don't have the luxury of being able to explore and discover who I am because I'm in survival. 
because I don't, yeah. but when it, if you just think about like, if needs were like food, when you're fed and you're full and you have your, your needs met, you're not deficient any longer. You can more fully be able to see things as they truly are. Yeah. And that lack of that need being met is very painful. Mm-hmm. And our pain is, you say this a lot, our pain is blinding. Yeah, it is. Like, it completely changes the lens of how we see ourselves and how we see our world. And we really can't rightly see ourselves because like I said before, some of the things that were positive and good and what people saw in a person, they actually rejected because of that lens of pain. I remember somebody um, getting visionary as one of their words and they were like, like, did not want that to be their word. They were like, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. Like they were like adamant against it because their pain filter, their unmet need filter was looking at it as a burden, as a yeah, yeah, you know, burden. I was just thinking weight. it could be yeah, a burden. Yeah, like, exactly. And they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Like I got to figure out themselves. the future. Exactly. I got to create the future. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And they didn't want the weight and the burden, the responsibility of it. And they were just like, that's not who I am. Even though like, I think they got like three or four people saying the same thing too, but they were resisting and rejecting it because their unmet need of probably not feeling like they're enough or not knowing their value or not having anyone ever see them for who they really are, didn't allow them to see themselves for who they are. So they actually were rejecting part of themselves because mm. of that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that where, where for me, and I know that, I know that progress is happening because that was going to be one of my questions. You know, how do you know you're making progress? Yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of answered it. Like for me in my own mind, like, you know, one of the things I underlined that didn't feel part of me before was adventurous. So when I think of the visionary part, I just think of adventure. Hmm, I love that. So it's, and it's, it's not just, just connecting like, your true self as a visionary, but it's also connecting you to another part of your true self, which is adventurous. And I love that. Well, it was funny because the other day, like then sometimes you start to think, well, why doesn't the whole world think this way? <laughs> yeah. And the other day, someone told me, um, cause I was getting a little bit too excited about something or energetic or whatever. <laughs> They're like, Brian, not everybody wants to change the world. I'm like, what? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, if everybody wanted to do that, that's probably not a good thing either, because there needs to be people that do all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, definitely. We all change the world in some way, but yeah, I think their point was like, not everybody has grand the ideas. Same, and, yeah, and the yeah. same visionary way of thinking. Yeah, and it's yeah. true because that's not who God created them to be. You know, and just you know, like that's why it's so amazing for every person in the world was able to connect to the ten things that they most connected about themselves and live from that place and know that that when someone he walked up to you and you're meeting them you you didn't say what you do you said who you are to them we were able to know who we are it would be extraordinary because then we would not have to spend so much time fighting against each other and ourselves and we could be able to be in more unity and be able to change the world like you said in whatever way that looks like because we're all being who we were truly meant to be and we're connected to our true selves yeah so the other thing um you know about the 10 gifts that i've heard you say a lot the more full of the 10 gifts we get the more clearly we can see who we really are Mm -hmm. Yeah. so even if i would say even if a person's struggling with these exercises and stuff that you're mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. I would say that probably there's pain and unmet need that needs comforted more. Yep. There's exactly. more comfort 
more comfort needed. And as you get more full of the 10 mm-hmm. gifts and you start to feel that value living inside of you, you start to feel enough, seen, heard, yeah. all of those living inside of you, it's going to become easier to see who you really are. Yeah, definitely. I kind of look at it like a binoculars, you know, like if they're not in focus, mm. you're looking at something, it's just blurry. Maybe you can see the object, but it's a blurred object. And then when you, you, you adjust your focus, all of a sudden you can see super clear and you know exactly what it is. And it's very similar to when we no longer have pain, we can see so much more clear. So, you know, another way to look at the 10 gifts, and I'm looking at uh, a note that I had from a session with you, another one back in 2019 (laughs) that said, um, you know, I was talking about one of my triggers is when I'm triggered, I'm not kind. Hmm. And you were talking about, you said, Brian, if you're full of love, you will be kind. Yeah. And when you think about the 10 gifts, when you think about the process, what what we're really doing here is we're filling our hearts, we're filling ourselves with love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And love is patient. Love mm-hmm. is kind. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things that these behaviors we don't like mm-hmm. about ourselves, our triggers, yeah. as we fill ourselves up with love, we no longer have to like, gut our way through it and be like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that anymore. It's, exactly. You know, we don't have, if we don't love focus just doesn't on do those things. self-control. We don't focus on what we're doing. We focus on being. So when you're, when you're being loved, you're going to be kind. Another note I had, you said, so instead of doing more, because mm-hmm. that, that was my modus operandi doing like, what book yeah. should I read, Laura? What, yeah. <laughs> I kept asking, what books should I be reading? What books should I be reading? And you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell me anything. No, I specifically like, did it like, for a while. I'll give this guy five books to read. And he'll read all five of them. He'll do it. What can I do? Yeah. What can I do? And it's yeah. like, and I just be like, why won't she tell me any books to read? <laughs> you finally did. You finally yes, did. I did. You finally did. But I knew Once you that- knew I was ready. Exactly. If we just read a book, but we didn't actually get to the root and to the core of what was going on with you, we'd just be medicating with a book. And even though books are a great, yeah. you know, way to learn and grow, sometimes we can cover our pain up with knowledge. So you said, so instead of doing more, we must be more. Mm-hmm. And you said for me to put my energy into being filled with the 10 gifts, put my energy yeah. there. Yep. Versus filling my heart to with fix love. It and to do it put all your energy on being filled up. And then from that, it'll be a natural process. You will naturally be kind. You'll naturally be patient because it's an overflow of what's already abiding inside of you. So yeah, we'd like to provide a resource for you so you can continue on your journey to discovering your true self. And to find the resource, if you go to triggeredandtrue.com and if you click up on the top where it says free resource, enter your information, you will receive the child picture exercise. And we will start also making sure that along with that, you also receive the how am I seen exercise. Not that you need more to do. We're not giving you more to do. (laughs) We're giving you some exercises here to help you discover who you are so that you can be who you were created to be. And also too, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but we do have um, a workbook that goes along with um, the podcast. And so you can actually purchase that on Amazon if you want to follow along with the workbook as you listen to different podcasts and be able to do some of the, the work that goes along with the podcast. And what's the workbook titled? 
the compassion method workbook. <laughs> All right. The compassion method workbook. There yep. you go. On, on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was one of my, that was in my heart for a while is I would just really wanted to be able to have the podcast, of course, as a free resource for everyone. But I feel like we've gotten people emailing us and people talking to me about wanting to go deeper into it. And yes, we have a, um, a compassion method course that we sell, but also if you're not quite ready to do the course, you can get the workbook and be able to follow along self-guided. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laura, for providing those awesome resources. And thank you for taking the time to share your heart with everyone today. Yeah. Yeah. It was great being with everyone today. And I hope you'll continue your journey of discovering your true self and whatever hindrances that are in the way we have, like we said, resources for that. You can listen to different podcasts, but continue the journey of connecting to your true self. And remember, your true self is the most precious gift that you can ever give this world. Uh, my my children were at a basketball camp several summers ago, and the title, the slogan on the t-shirts said, give it all you've got because all you keep is lost forever. Mm, wow. If you don't be your true self, yep. no one ever will be exactly. your true self, and the yep. world will have missed out. Not only the world, but of course you will have missed out. Exactly. And You're the, the only one that can out. discover who you are. Yep. Yeah. So thank you everyone for joining us until next time. Goodbye. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Triggered and True. We hope that you enjoyed it. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, go to triggeredandtrue.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click ask. And if you would like to learn more about the Compassion Method, be sure to check out the Compassion Method Master Course, which can be purchased at CompassionMethod.net. And as a podcast listener, you qualify for a $50 discount, which can be obtained by typing in the coupon code PODCAST50. Again, that's CompassionMethod.net, coupon code PODCAST50. Thank you again. Goodbye.